0: Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Are you serving your community to the fullest? Are you giving everything you have to see God's kingdom be pushed further? In today's Prophecy Update, Pastor J.D. implores you to make a commitment to make a difference in the lives of those around you. The time of Christ is upon us, and He wants everyone in His kingdom. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 15th, 2023. So
1: I will be talking about the significance of the prophetic developments concerning Israel for today's update, but I do think I'd be grossly remiss were I not to make this plea specifically this plea of the paramount importance of praying for and reaching out to the lost, which is what's lost. The fast-moving propaganda news cycle, and I say it that way for a reason, the fast-moving propaganda news cycle of our day is such that the lost are lost in all of it. I'll explain what I mean more specifically, and it has to do with the death toll numbers, the reports of the death toll numbers. They're not just numbers. They're souls that Jesus died for. They're mothers, Fathers, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, aunties, and uncles, for whom many are deeply grieving. And here's the thing, and I appreciate your patience with me, whether it's Maui or Israel, Jew or Arab, or anywhere and anyone in between. This is the Great Commission, by the way. We must get Jesus to as many people as we can, and get people to Jesus as fast as we can while there's still time, because there is little time left, and the time is at hand. And I want to include myself when I say this lastly, that innate within our sin nature is this propensity that all of us possess to simply look at what's happening in the world today, which, by the way, Is happening in the world today because this is the end of the world today. I mean not today. Well, it could be. (laughs) But we all possess this propensity, this proclivity if you prefer, when it comes to what's happening in the world today because we we just look at it as uh, the Jew versus the so-called Palestinian or Hamas. There were earthquakes, three earthquakes, pretty major, by the way, last Sunday, by the way. And the death toll. Do you know that one of the uh, earthquakes took, and this was at the time, uh, you know, the, the, as they say, the death toll was rising. We're, we're going to get to our prophecy update in just a moment. <laughs> Don't look at me like that, like you're looking at me. I know that look. But do you know that the quote-unquote death toll from just one of those three earthquakes last Sunday was over 1,000 people and climbing, according to the reports? And oh, but a mere mention of a mere number, but wait, not so fast. So this sanctuary, this beautiful sanctuary that we uh, are so blessed and privileged by the grace of God to have, Seats 300 people. There are 300 chairs. I just want to put it into perspective, just concerning the earthquake. 1,000 people. That would be three plus filled seats in this entire sanctuary. <laughs> Gone like that. Those are people. Did any one of those people who died in that earthquake, did they know Jesus? When I say I include myself in this, I, it's, a, it's an exhortation for me as a pastor, because and especially a prophecy teacher, because I, I think we do err greatly when it's an us against them dynamic. It's a kill them, crush them. I better leave it there and just maybe allow for the Holy Spirit to search all of our hearts, again, mine especially, In this regard. This is what it means. And as it was said of David. He had a heart after God's own heart. In other words. The things that broke the heart of God. Broke his heart. And I just wonder. Do we have God's heart on this? on everything that's happening. And I got to be careful on my end. Because I go there. You know. So I'm like. Well this is. Because of this. And you know I you know, get down to the bottom of it. You know, upon closer examination and further investigation, I have, you know, the documentation, and I go and and then stop. These are people that need Jesus. And as an Arab myself, I said I was going to leave it there, I probably should have, but maybe this needs to be said. These Arabs, so-called Palestinians, labeled what we know today as Hamas. These are Arab people that are deceived, and yet we've got Christians and no less Bible teachers calling them animals. Well, what they're doing is unthinkable. It is evil through and through. It is demonic without question. But these are Arab people that Jesus died for. Wow, pastor, I I thought you stood with Israel. Well, if you don't think I stand with Israel, you don't know me. But God knows me and God knows my heart. I love Israel because I love the God of Israel. And I love the Jewish people. But I love the Arab people too. They're not animals, they're souls. And by the way, maybe we're all going to be shocked when that trumpet sounds and we're raptured. What do you mean? Well, some of these animals called Hamas? How do you know that they're not going to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? They're going to be with us in heaven. How about that? Okay, I will leave it at that. Okay, uh, should we just close in prayer now? (laughs) No, we're not that bad. What I'm hoping to accomplish today is answer the question of first, why Israel? And second, why now? Uh, For those who are new to Bible prophecy, first, welcome. (laughs) We're glad to have you join us. Uh, But if you're new to Bible prophecy, my prayer is that this will be life-changing. And for those who are not new to Bible prophecy, my prayer is that this would be life-changing. <laughs> not trying to be cute. Uh, rather, all of us, again, myself included, would do well to understand the "why behind the "what?" Why is it Israel? Why is it now? Why is this happening to Israel now? Why now? Why Israel? First, though, I would cover your prayers because I'm already working on an update specific to the so-called Palestinians, of which I was told I was one growing up all my life, only to find out that there's no such thing as a Palestinian today. So I've been working on it, I have been thinking about it, and I've certainly been praying about it, and uh, I would cover your prayers because I do believe that God is directing me to uh, talk about this because of the prophetic, profoundly prophetic implications of this. Uh, who are they? Who are these so-called Palestinians? Uh, The origin of the name Palestine, where did that come from? Why are they called Palestinians? Why do they lay, though, an illegitimate claim to the land when the land, as we're going to see today, belongs to God who gave it to Israel? These are illegitimate claims. So why are we now, in the year 2023, seeing what we're seeing happen? And God in His Word, as only He can, has not only told us, but foretold us that this is exactly what was going to happen, and we even know why it's going to happen. So as for today, and in the interest of time today, I'm only going to focus on the main issue as it relates to what's happening in Israel, and what's happening to Israel. And by main issue I mean all the major prophecy puzzle pieces are in place as Christians are on the cusp of the pre-tribulation rapture, and the world is on the cusp of the subsequent seven-year tribulation. Uh, that was kind of a uh, that was big pack. Uh, I don't have the gift for short sentence structure, so that's uh, I know that's a lot, but that's the truth. Uh, this is the bottom line, the main issue, the focal point, if you will. We are on the cusp as born again Christians of the pre-tribulation rapture and the world is on the cusp of the commencement of the seven year tribulation. We are there now, now, now. Maybe this would be as an of a time as any to make this statement. Again, as an Arab born in Beirut, Lebanon, I want to go on the record and state that the land belongs to God and God alone, who gave the land to Israel and Israel alone. Period. Not comma, period. Now, This is going to explain, at least in part, one of the reasons that Satan himself has sought from the beginning of time, starting in Genesis, to steal, kill, and destroy. What do you mean? Well, he's been seeking to steal God's land and kill and destroy God's people, starting with Cain and Abel. And we know this because of Bible prophecy, by the way, of which well nigh one third of the Bible is. So Bible prophecy tells us, explains to us that this is exactly what will happen and why it will happen. And these Bible prophecies point to Israel, specifically Jerusalem. Jerusalem is, please listen, the focal endpoint at the end, which is why we know we're coming to the end. Let me expound on that. Bible prophecy tells us that in the end, It all comes down to Jerusalem. It all goes down in Jerusalem. Why? Because God literally put his name on Jerusalem. Can I draw your attention to what's affectionately referred to as the Aaronic blessing in Numbers chapter 6? We know this well, but the problem is we start at verse 24 and then we end at verse 26 and we leave out what I would argue is probably the most important part, which is verse 27. May I read this passage, including verse 27? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you. And be gracious to you, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace that 's the ironic blessing, right? And oh by the way, a little bit of a backstory it 's going to be germane to our understanding. God commanded Moses to command Aaron. That every time the Israelites would assemble at the tabernacle and subsequently the temple, they would receive this blessing pronounced upon them. So if you went to church twice a day, you got this twice a day. You would hear this blessing being pronounced upon you. And we don't get it in our western culture we dismiss it, we repast it, we don't understand it, and that is tragic and here's why. Because when God wants his people to know that he wants to put his blessing upon them, a declaration to them right out of the shoot, the Lord bless you. I want my people to know every time they come to the tabernacle that I want to bless them. I want to make my face shine upon them. I want to be gracious to them. I want to lift up my countenance upon them. You know what that means? I want to smile upon them. He's a smiling God. You know, we bring a smile to the face of God. Do you ever see it like that? It's it's a sad day in a Christian's life when we have this picture of our loving Heavenly Father as this God who created the heavens and the earth, emphasis added, and the sea and all that in them is. No, He's my daddy. And He loves me. And He's smiling at me. When my dad, my earthly father would smile at me, I always, you know, the silver tooth. And I, I would try to make him, you know, because I just wanted to see the silver tooth. But he didn't smile at me very much. But my heavenly father smiles upon me. And I also want my people to know that I want to give him peace. But then, verse 27 So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. Stay with me in the Middle Eastern culture to this day, by the way, the highest honor that you can pronounce upon anyone is to pronounce the name of God on them to bless them. Growing up as a, a uh, little boy, my mom in Arabic would would say, isim Allah alayk. Now I would come to learn that Allah is not God, the title, it's the name of the false God of Islam and the false prophet Muhammad. Uh, it's a false religion, it's a false God. Allah is not the title. But my mom innocently was pronouncing the name of God upon me, the name Ism Allah, God, upon you. The highest blessing that you want to bless somebody, you pronounce the name of God upon them. So I changed it to Ism Yeshua, or Yeshua for the Hebrew, Alek. The name of Jesus, the name above all names, the only name given among everyone, whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus. I, I pronounce the name of Jesus upon you. That's how I want to bless my, my children. I want to pronounce my name on them. I want to put my name on them. You know how it is when husbands, you marry your wives. And what do you do? You put your name on them. For which my wife has still not, never forgiven me. Farag. Really? You know what her maiden name was? Irish. Lynn. They dropped the O. O-Lynn. Lynn. Lynn. And here I come along and I put my name on her. Farag. (laughs) Well, I keep telling her in heaven, we're told in the book of Revelation, that we're going to be given a new name. So you don't have that much longer to wait. You're going to get a new name again, because the name of Jesus is going to be upon us. He's going to give us a new name. As our bridegroom, I can't wait because I want my name. I want a new name too. I've never liked my name, but that's another topic for another time. The name, I want my name, my nature, my name of ownership on my children. And not only do I want my name on the children of Israel, so too do I want my name on Jerusalem, the eternal capital of Israel. 2nd Chronicles chapter 6, the first part of verse 6. But I have chosen Jerusalem that my name might be there. 2nd Chronicles 12, the second part of verse 13. He, speaking of Rehoboam, reigned 17 years in Jerusalem the city which the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, to put His name there. Oh, by the way, parenthetically, let me say, Yaru Shalom, Yaru Arabic. Yaru Shalom, they don't pronounce the J in Hebrew. Shalom, did you catch the Shalom? Peace. Yaru city of peace, ruled by peace. Are you kidding me? The one city in all of the world that is anything but is called Yaru Shalom. And the name of God is on that city. The Lord had chosen Jerusalem out of all the tribes of Israel. Why? To put his name there. Second Chronicles 33, second part of verse 7. In Jerusalem, which I have chosen before all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name, I like this, forever. Uh, the new Jerusalem, still going to have his name on it. 2 Kings 21, second part of verse 4, "'In Jerusalem will I put my name.'" Okay, so, question, what is the name of God? Now, you understand that God is just the title, but what's His name? "'We know that He is God, there is none like Him, "'who is like unto you, O God, Most High.'" But uh, what's your name? It's kind of like Moses, uh, you know. Who should I say is sending me? Well, just tell them I am. No, who though? No, I, I am. I am sent you. Wait, wait. I am? Yeah. I am, period. I am.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you've heard today may have encouraged you in your faith, and at times it may have brought up more questions that you would like answered. If you're wanting to get in touch with us, go to jdfarag.org and find the contact link at the bottom of the page. That's jdfarag.org. There, you can let us know some of the questions you might have, and we'll get back to you and try to answer those questions as best we can. While you're on our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor JD. If what Pastor JD shared today has you really confused about what it means to know Jesus and life beyond this life, there's a resource for you that might be helpful. At jdfarag.org, find the ABCs tab. This will walk you through what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus and what that means for you going forward.